Hello, and welcome to the Think Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Cuevas. I'm a lover of French Rose coffee, golden doodles, and pump-up music. I believe happiness is something we each create for ourselves and that you are in the driver's seat of your own life. Yep, you. Join me each week as we chat with guests about their personal happiness journeys and dive into practices that you can incorporate into your daily life to help you be, well, happier. Welcome back to the Think Happy Podcast. This is episode 29, which means that next week is the celebratory episode 30. I honestly feel like we were just celebrating episode 20 with my mom. And I hope you caught that episode. That was a really, really fun one to record. Actually, so at the time of this recording, that episode, episode 20 with my mom, is the most popular episode of the entire podcast. So if you haven't listened to it yet, you should go, go tune into it. It's, it's a hoot. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then in some other think happy news later this month will be our next workshop. It's called from zero to hero, and we'll be all about starting healthy habits from scratch. You guys. So it's going to be two days with a live session on each day. Now, both life session life live sessions. Wow. Words will be recorded and sent out for participants who are unable to join live. The cost to register is $49 and pre-registration is officially open. So head to thinkhappycode.com backslash zero to hero. That's just like words, no numbers, Z-E-R-O-T-O-H-E-R-O. So thinkhappycode.com backslash zero to hero and PS pre-registrants will get a fun surprise, like a freebie surprise. So don't wait, go ahead and register now. And yeah, you guys, I just can't wait to see you there, but it is time to get to today's show. Now today I am joined by Rebecca Doring, who will be chatting with us about self doubt. Rebecca is a meditation teacher a personal development coach, the creator of the meditation membership platform called Daily Roots, and the host of Deep Rooted Bliss podcast, which focuses on helping people overcome daily stresses, self-doubt, and overthinking so that they can dream bigger, welcome in their desires, and live the lives that they were meant to live. You guys, I am so excited to have Rebecca on the Think Happy podcast with us today. And just welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm so excited to have this conversation about self-doubt. Yes, me too. And just thank you for taking the time. I know you're so busy. That bio, so much going on. Props <laughs> <to> you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love this work. This is conversations like this are just my favorite. Well, good, good. So I guess let's start. Just tell us a little bit about you and your journey. Sure. Yeah. So you heard I'm a meditation teacher and a mm-hmm. personal development coach. Um, I'm married. I live in a log cabin in the middle of the woods in my dream house with my husband and our cat gunner. And, uh, I'm a, I'm a woodsy nature girl. I love trees being among the woods are just is the place where I find the most solace and the most peace, the most wisdom. And, uh, I'm a hiker. I'm a trail runner. I love to be outdoors and enjoy life as much as I can. And I've come to learn that we are capable of so much more than we ever dare to dream. And that is what I really would love to talk about because I believe that that goes hand in hand with with self-doubt. And I myself as a, as a kid was painfully shy. I was so timid, so withdrawn and did not believe in myself at all. And I had no idea I was capable of very much at all. And I didn't know what self-kindness or self-compassion, I, I didn't even know that those things really existed. Yeah, It 
was just a non-part of my internal world. My internal world was mostly filled with negative thought loops, a lot of beating myself up and just trying to trying to enjoy the day as much as I could in spite of those things. Right. Um, my, my family, like growing up had a lot of trauma or they had had trauma in the past. So I developed empathy at a very young age and was always curious about how the human mind works and very curious about how trauma and stress affects how we interact with others and how we enjoy our lives. And I think that curiosity was one thing that really propelled me forward. Yeah. I also, because of that empathy and curiosity, I really longed to heal everyone around me without even realizing that I needed to heal myself the most. Yeah. Uh, but I was always, because I always looked around externally and trying to help everyone else, trying to understand everyone else. I wasn't even really aware that I could do those things within my own self. Mm-hmm. So I had this very, like I, I had a happy external facade, but a very in unhappy internal world. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I always looked for joy. I looked for happiness. I looked for thing. Like I always wanted it. I knew that it could be out there. I I just had this craving to experience more joy, experience more happiness, but I didn't know how to have it. So as I grew up, I thought maybe if I get a job doing something that I love to do, maybe that'll do it. Mm -hmm. So I decided to, I loved to bake. So I decided to go to pastry school. Ooh, (laughs) Yeah. So I went to the culinary Institute of America in Hyde park, New York for baking and pastry. And it was a phenomenal experience. It was one that gave me a lot of, uh, life skills and life experience. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I still love baking, but when I graduated and I started working in the, uh, in the pastry world, I still felt that same discontentment within and a lot of Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-doubt, like tremendous amount of self-doubt, even though I wasn't really aware of it that much. So I I was drawn to change my career again, and I decided to become a massage therapist for some reason. It was just, I was just attracted to go to massage therapy school. Yeah. When I went into, there was a discovery workshop where I went to discover if I wanted to go into massage therapy school. And I, as soon as I walked into the building, there was a calmness there. Wow. There was there were, the teachers there were, were grounded and centered. And I had no idea what that really meant. I didn't know those words, but I could feel it. And Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to know what that felt like within myself. I wanted to be able to do that for myself. So I thought I would go to school there and they did teach me how to do that, but not through massage therapy. They taught me and introduced me to meditation. Ah, Yeah. So that, that is what kind of the beginning of the transformation that became my pathway toward, uh, working through self-doubt and getting to where I am now. And I'm assuming that's what also led you to starting your business, Deep Rooted Bliss. Yeah. So I graduated massage therapy school and opened up my own practice and worked on a lot of people and had a lot of clients over the years. I had a successful business for a while and it was, was good. And my meditation practice was developing. And I also went to yoga school and I became a meditation practice uh, teacher. But all that time I still was seeing people, my clients were so stressed out all of the time. And then they'd come in for a massage and experience one hour of relaxation a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to me, that just wasn't enough. I right. was like, this, this just isn't enough for the human body to be in chronic stress all the time and receive one hour of rest a month. I want to start teaching them to do this themselves, which eventually allowed me to, I wanted to transition away from massage therapy, which I did and into meditation and teaching people, empowering people to do it themselves. So you can feel better whenever you need it. If you have your, then you have the power to uh, create the 
physiological state that you desire basically. Right. Right. That is just so beautiful. You know, like taking that into your own hands and creating an environment where you could teach others to do that for themselves too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So you have already started to touch a little bit on self-doubt, which obviously is what we're here to chat about today. So can you tell us just what exactly self-doubt is and where does it come from? Where the heck does self-doubt stem from? (laughs) Yeah. So self-doubt in a nutshell, the most basic of ways I can explain it is essentially not having your own back. Mm. If you think about it, yeah. 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 If you think about like, if you have a, a really close friend or a family member that you have their back, like with certainty, you have their back. If they succeed, you celebrate them. If they fail, you support them. Right. If they cry, you give them a shoulder. If they laugh, you laugh with them. You're always there to have their back, no matter what they're experiencing. And when we don't have our own back, it's, it's like, we only are wanting to be there for ourselves. If things go well, mm-hmm. and if things don't go well, or if we don't feel the way that we want to feel, then, then we're not there for ourselves, which then further perpetuates the, the cycle. But basically, I mean, I, I tend to believe I've come to believe that self-doubt is something that probably all of us experience, maybe even more than we're even aware of. Yeah. That it stems from, it, it's almost like a, a human condition, really. I, through being in many different workshops and yoga retreats and doing the work that I do, I've come to realize there's been many times in, you know, in a, in a workshop where there's a safe space where we're all starting to share. And I felt like I was the only one who didn't believe in myself. I was the only one who was feeling unworthy Mm -hmm. or feeling self-doubt. And then when we start sharing, everyone says the same thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, it's like, wait, what you feel that way too. It's not just me. (laughs) Yeah. Like I thought I was the only one. Isn't it just crazy though? How, how like easy it can be for us to have our friends backs and our loved ones backs and stuff like that. But then how difficult it can be to have our own back. It's just, it's wild to me. Yes, for sure. And the, there's a simple, I mean, simple, but not easy. Quote unquote simple. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Quote unquote simple. Because when we look at our well, the, the self-doubt is stemmed from limiting beliefs, stories that we created about ourselves and how we fit into the world in our formative years. Mm-hmm. And during that time, um, we created these stories to help us get through and survive whatever we needed to get through and survive as, as a child. So, you know, it could be something as simple as if you're parents were really stressed out when you were a kid and then, and you s- spoke up and they were, they snapped cause they were really stressed out. Then you might've created a story. Oh, I need to be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. And then that story goes on to live in our subconscious where we're not really aware of it in our conscious mind. And, and also like the root of it is stemmed in this kind of painful place, this place of of unworthiness that we believe ourselves to be just from this story. It's not mm-hmm. truth, but it's just, yeah. a, it's just a painful belief. And because it's painful, it's almost like, Ooh, I, I'm not by its very nature. I'm not going to look at it. I'm going to cover it up. I'm going to look the other way. Yeah. I'm going to cover yeah. it up with excuses with other It's uncomfortable things. to look at. And yeah. Yeah. That actually, um, it brings me to the next thing that I was going to ask you, which is, so how do we recognize when what we're feeling is self-doubt? So say, for instance, that we've created a story in our head, such as, you know, I can't accomplish X, Y, Z because I don't have enough time or just whatever the excuse is that, that we tell ourselves. So how can we identify that that's the voice of self-doubt creeping through? Right. Yeah. This is so, I mean, it's, 
a perfect question in what I was saying that because it's something that is uncomfortable that we don't really want to look at, it's like a natural instinct to not look at it then we'll cover it up with other things like busyness Mm -hmm. or like, Oh no, I don't have a, I can't accomplish this because I don't have enough time. And that's safer, right? Because that's external. That's saying, no, this can't happen. Not because of me, but because of, of time. Mm -hmm. But when, in order to really, well, the problem with that is that then we go into loops of not getting the things done that we really want and not feeling the way we really want because the self-doubt is still there underneath the surface, even though we're maybe not consciously looking at it, we're feeling the effects of it. So in order to discover what it is, I, I first suggest number one is to develop some awareness of it, which I love to use the emotion of curiosity. Mm-hmm. That curiosity I find is the answer. <clears throat> antidote to judgment that, you know, we might not want to look a a layer deeper. If we say I can't accomplish this because I don't have enough time because we might be judging ourselves, but instead of, if you just get curious, well, like curiosity, uh, someone who's curious and explorer doesn't judge or try and fix or change what they find. They just want to learn. They just want to discover when I get information. So my suggestion is to get curious and start asking, asking why, like if I, if I keep falling into the same place and I want to get something done and it's important to me, but I keep feeling overwhelmed or I don't have enough time, ask myself, well, what is really going on? Why do I feel like I don't have enough time? The question why is powerful. It's actually yeah. an excellent journaling exercise is I call it the endless question of why. Mm-hmm. Take a situation, write down the thought that I can't accomplish this because I don't have enough time or whatever it is, and then ask yourself why. Then you answer it and then ask yourself why. Why answer it and ask yourself why. And you keep going until you unearth what's really going on. Man, talk about digging deep. Yes. Yes. That's kind of what I do. Yes. And (laughs) I love it's not too much. (laughs) No, no. And I love that you brought it up as a journaling, um, exercise. So actually the episode that's released right before this episode 28 is all about journaling. So yeah. Yeah. So like it's falling totally in line with conversations that we've been having at think happy. I love that. Well, I mean, the, the, just to wrap up this journaling exercise, you might be even asking yourself, well, why would I want to go there? And I just want to point out that if I'm only trying to work through this statement that I can't accomplish this because I don't have enough time, then it really feels out of your control. And it really feels like there's not much you can do about it. But when you start digging deeper and digging deeper, and if you unearth some thought that's related to self-doubt, then you can work through it. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit of how to work through that. But if you're able to work through that, then you can start feeling the way you want and start seeing the things you want and start creating the things that you want and moving forward. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's, it's not allowing yourself to set yourself up for, for failure if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So I guess the more grammatical way to say that is it's helping you to set yourself up for success (laughs) instead of for failure. So, you know, if going back to the same example, so I can't accomplish X because I don't have enough time. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. why don't I have enough time? Okay. I don't have enough time because I have a laundry list of to-dos that I have to get through that, you know, are I think are more important than doing X. Okay. Well, why do you think they're more important than doing X? Mm-hmm. because I feel more comfortable doing them. Okay. Well, you know, what makes that feel more comfortable than doing X? Well, if I were to try out X, there's a chance that I would fail or not be good at it. And it just that constant asking of why, you know, it's not the laundry list of to do things that is getting in the way. It's that you're worried if you, if you try for X, then you won't do it well. And, you know, right. I think right. that's just human nature. And um, the beauty of what you talked about, just like always asking that follow-up, well, why? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Y'all, I just have to tell you that the Patreon members are really having a lot of fun. 
There are so many Patreon-only resources and podcast episodes that have been a huge hit lately. My new favorite resource is a PDF that includes five of my go-to meals. So each of these five meals include a convenience rating, the different side dishes that I serve with it, and the reason why I like it so much. It also includes some different substitutions that you can use depending on what's in your kitchen. And then my new favorite bonus episode is all about pivoting. In a recent instance in my life that I had to make a big pivot. Joining Patreon is like becoming a Think Happy VIP. It's only $5 a month and is one of the best ways you can support the Think Happy podcast. To join, go to patreon.com backslash thinkhappy or just click the link in my Instagram bio. And so I feel like in a way we like inadvertently self-sabotage ourselves when Mm -hmm. with doing that and you know in that vein I feel like self-sabotage is a phrase that we hear pretty regularly is there a difference between between the two between self-doubt and self-sabotage or are they are they similar are they different can you talk to us about that for sure yeah self-sabotage is is almost like the action of self-doubt a little bit, one way to look at it. Mm -hmm. And we often, I mean, there's also something, I mean, self-sabotage is often something that we do right before we succeed. Uh, It's like when things start going our way, we might start, we might self-sabotage. And uh, I know even myself, like in my business, I've, I've experienced it with just simple things like social media, like posting regular on social media. I start to feel attraction. I start to see following growing. I start to make more connections. And then that's the moment when I stop doing it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I just ghost it all. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, but the, the reason why we self-sabotage is either it tends to be out of a fear of failure or a fear of success. And fear of failure, if we ask ourselves, okay, well, why would we fear failure? And the reason why we would feel failure is simply what we make failure mean, which would come back to self-doubt, that Mm -hmm. we make this failure mean something about ourselves, about who we are, about our worthiness, about our value, about our ability to, our capabilities. And, uh, And then if you think about fear of success, like, well, why would we fear success? Mm -hmm. We might fear success about the uncertainty of what success means. We we don't know what that means. What if we can't handle the success? What if we can't handle the, you know, if you just think about if you did explode your social media following or something and with success, what if I can't handle the the negative comments Mm -hmm. or what if I can't handle keeping that up? Yeah, And so same thing, it comes back to this self-doubt. Whereas if you come back to the having your, your best friends back and they were to fail, you would have their back. You wouldn't make that. No matter oh, what. Wow. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't think like, oh, well, my best friend isn't really a good person. I better not be friends with her anymore. It would just right. like, no. Or if she were to succeed, you would also celebrate. Celebrate. That. Yeah. Yeah. And if she were, you wouldn't say, well, I don't know if she's going to be able to handle this success. <laughs> you would just be like, oh yeah, let's just be in this moment and, and celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. And work through learning, you know, how to live in that new successful moment that has been created. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's also part of the, the having your back is to recognize that whether you're failing or succeeding, you are going to always be learning if you allow yourself to. Mm -hmm. But also if you're going to have your back, then there's really nothing to fear. Because if you're going to have your back through thick and thin, if you're going to be there, if you fall, if you're going to be there, if you're sad or happy or excited or disappointed, if you're going to be there and not turn your back on yourself, then it's not as scary. Oh, I want to have my own back. Yes. 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 <laughs> what I want to hear. Yes. Um, okay. So 
in your work, do you hear any like common or frequent misconceptions about either self-doubt or self-sabotage since they are so, you know, closely linked? Yeah. I mean, I think the the most basic thing is that self-doubt and self-sabotage can almost, I mean, it might just be me immersed in the world that I'm in. I'm not sure, but it mm-hmm. can even sound a little more like a fad or trendy or, or something like that. Um, but I think it's something that's much deeper that I think I believe that every single one of us experiences on some level, whether we're aware of it or not. Yeah. Like if I, when I look back on my, my past self who was so deeply in self-doubt and sabotaged herself all the time, I wasn't aware of it at all. That was just me. That was just how I yeah. lived my life. Yeah. And so I think um, some misconceptions about self-doubt is that like applying the principles of, oh, just fake it till you make it, or just pretend to be confident and it'll be okay, are just things that don't cut it because it's mm-hmm. too, that's too superficial. Like in order to really get at the self-doubt in a way that really heals you and transforms your life, it really does require leaning into the discomfort of digging a little deeper and then meeting that deeper place with the kindness, with compassion, with having your back. Yeah. And so just to like, kind of bring this back to journaling a little bit, when you were talking about how, you know, in, in your past life, you know, you were constantly filled with self-doubt, constantly self-sabotaging yourself. I feel like, so I am an avid journaler. And when mm-hmm. I go back, I also love rereading my journals. Um, yeah. And so when I go back, you know, I can now identify like, okay, this was definitely a moment of self-doubt that I was having, you know, a year ago, two years ago, six months ago, whatever it might be. And it would, I mean, you had already brought up, you know, bringing awareness to it. Like it would be so helpful to have been been able to be in that moment and be able to recognize it as self-doubt, you know, not just now fast forward the six months, the 12 months, the two years, um, and be like identifying it as self-doubt, but just honing in and already talking about journaling, you know, like maybe if I had taken it a step further and been like, okay, well, why then maybe the light bulb would have gone off, you know? Yeah. Well, and that brings up another really good point. Like a second piece to that is that through your own self-awareness, you can develop your own patterns around self-doubt because I can't necessarily tell you and every single person listening to this exactly how self-doubt is going to show up for you because I don't know Mm -hmm. because your patterns are different than mine, but you are the only person who will be able to know that. And, but it requires some self-awareness. Like you cannot cannot know what you've never seen. So you've got to start exploring it. But when you do it, like the first time might be really uncomfortable, but then over time it might get less uncomfortable to start digging a little deeper, but then you might start to see patterns that like for me, overwhelm is a huge sign of self-doubt. Overwhelm and worry are my Mm -hmm. two red flags saying like, Hey, self-doubt is here. Yeah. I'm starting at the door. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. And so I know like now I'll recognize the overwhelm and the self-doubt or uh, the overwhelm and the worry before I even realize that I'm in self-doubt. And so then, then I don't have to necessarily do all the deep digging in that moment because I've already done it. And I can then say, oh, wow, is self-doubt here? And then it will come up and I'll realize, oh yes, that is And then you slam the door in its face. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And you decide to have your back instead. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The main takeaway from this is we are going to have our own backs. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Have you heard that buzzword that's been going around? Collagen? Yep. That's the one. By now, you probably know that collagen is great for your hair, skin, and nails. Well, walk to the garbage, throw out your collagen powder and pills, and get your hands on a liquid collagen. It's an ingestible, fast-absorbing, type 2 collagen plus hyaluronic acid matrix that is clinically proven to increase your hyaluronic acid, aka wrinkle filler, by 6,000% in just 28 days. 
This specific liquid collagen has seven U.S. and international patents and more than 35 clinical research trials. Liquid biocell collagen has been proven to improve joint mobility and reduce discomfort, promote healthy cartilage and connective tissue, and improve hydration, firmness, and elasticity of your skin. Do you want to give this inside-out liquid gold a 90-day try? Head to the link in my Instagram bio to give it a try with the Think Happy discount code. Again, just head to the link in my Instagram bio and you can find it there. Okay, so this is the million dollar question here. Mm. So what are your top, you know, tricks or not even tricks, just tips and suggestions to help work through self-doubt? Yes. So I strongly recommend picking someone that you do know what it feels like to have their back and use that as inspiration, number one. And remind yourself that you do have that skill. Because when we're starting from going from a place of not having, at least for me, going from a place where I had the opposite of having my back. Instead, I would beat myself up all the time. So then having my back, it's, it's not going to be a, you know, flip the switch journey. It's going to, I'm going to have to learn how to do that. But when I remembered that, oh, wait, I do know how to do that already with others. How can I apply that to myself now was a a huge source of comfort. Mm -hmm. It It reminded me that it wasn't just an entirely foreign concept. So that's just as a, a little disclaimer, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that makes it feel less intimidating when you remind yourself, I already know how to do this. This is not a new skill. Um, Like I'm not trying to teach myself something different. I'm just taking it. And now I know how to use it with my friend, with my husband, with my sister. And I'm just going to convert that to using it for myself too. Right. Right. I'm going to look at how I show up there and then see how I can apply those same skills to mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. So the number one is to get curious, which we have mentioned already, but that's the doorway in, and mm-hmm. that's going to reverse any self-judgment that comes up. And then number two is to allow yourself to feel. And this is, can also take some practice, but just like I described, if your best friend fell on her face or fell and was struggling and you wouldn't necessarily, like if you were having her back, that might mean that you're holding her through it. That might not yeah. go walk up to her and say, you shouldn't be sad. You need to be happy. You need to do this, this, and that. You yeah. might just hold her hand through it and let her move through that and then celebrate with her when she's ready. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing this journaling of digging up those answers, it's important to then allow yourself to just feel that for a moment and not not try and judge yourself or change it or fix it. Like there's nothing to fix. This is just things that we're processing that we haven't really allowed ourselves to process. And then get to compassion. And compassion basically means to suffer with, which allows, which in this context is the allowing yourself to feel, to be there with yourself, to have your back. And mm-hmm. to see that, wait, how does it make sense? That's a, another journaling question that I like to use. How yeah. does it make sense that I might be feeling self-doubt in this situation? Yeah. Well, how does it make sense that I might be afraid of failure or success right now? And look at it honestly, not in like a, well, not in a judgmental way because our brains might be patterned that way and it might right. happen that way automatically. And that's yeah. okay if it happens. Just recognize like, okay, I hear the judgment. Now let's get to compassion. Yes. How, like if I look using the um, the Instagram example again, just since I used it before, mm-hmm. how does it make sense that I might be afraid of failing at uh at Instagram. Well, that might mean that then I can't grow my business. And then that might mean that then I can't pay my bills. And that might mean I need to go back to my nine to five, you know? And so then if I start to see, whoa, my brain is making that one post on Instagram mean that I have to give up everything. Yeah. Of course I'm going to feel self-doubt. Yes. It's going to feel feel huge. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It makes it, we just want to like hug my inner self and say, oh my gosh, like it's okay. Yes. (laughs) Because that's what you would do to your friend. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you ask your friend, like, wait, what's really going on here? And then yeah. 
then they tell you what's really going on. You say, oh my gosh, that's what you're experiencing in this way. Oh, okay. Now, like, I feel you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then that allows you to, when you, when you do that, it's like, I I find that emotions and this basically self-doubt that we're talking about is representing Mm -hmm. an emotion for us. But I, I find emotions are like, they just need to be seen and heard. And yeah. once they are, they're free to go, but they need to tell their story. And we often don't want to hear their story. So we cover them up. Yeah. But yeah, don't brush them aside. Yeah. If you just allow this, this self-doubt story to, to be heard, seen the light, and then you might discover that, oh, okay, you, you can then move forward through it. And depending on what it is, when you dig deeper, you'll also find the answers of how to move forward. Like then reminding yourself, okay, this is just one Instagram post. This isn't actually me ending my life. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. This isn't me like having to give up this business I've built and go back to a nine to five. (laughs) Right. Right. This is just one post. And you can also, when you bring those things into the light of the day, you can see that oftentimes we are creating this huge, big story on something. And just by seeing it, rather than just acting from it, by seeing it, you can logically see the difference. Another journaling question in this case, I like to to ask is what else could be true? Yeah. Yeah. What else could be true? And that can bring you to some beautiful answers of, oh, what else could be true about me having to be quiet or something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, what else could be true? Oh, well, maybe when I speak and my others want to listen, you know, yeah. like, lots of answers. Yeah. You can get there. Yeah. It's that's kind of like a way to reframe like thoughts yes. that are in our head. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And see the, the good that we're ignoring by focusing mm-hmm. on the bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have two questions that were submitted from listeners um, that I want to make sure we touch on before we start wrapping up. Um, So the first one is how to overcome seasons of self-doubt without spiraling. Mm, I love this question. The seasons of self-doubt is the part that I really love, especially. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I find that with anything any hobby, any goal, any habit that we're creating, we almost, at least this was for me, that I would expect that I needed to be inspired, motivated, and loving it every minute of the day. Right. And every time I started to do it, if I weren't inspired, motivated, or wanting to do it, then that meant that maybe there was something wrong or something wrong with me or something wrong with this situation. I need to change it because I'm waking up today. I'm feeling lethargic or apathetic Mm -hmm. towards it. And, uh, so I see that within that question, I just, I see right away that a reminder to have our own backs and to recognize that we just don't operate that way. Inspiration comes and goes, motivation comes and goes, energy comes and goes. There's things that I love to do, but I'm just not going to want to do it all the time. Like I meditate every day. I don't want to do it a lot of the time and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that I, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. It doesn't mean that meditation is wrong for me now because I don't want to do it. Maybe this means, Oh, there's set those things aside. So first thing, just recognize that if those things come and go, that might just mean that you're a human being that you're human. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and then the spiraling piece kind of comes back to what we've been talking about this whole time, that spiraling it is a result of continuously and uh, in a cycle, not having your back, mm-hmm. that you don't have your own back, which then creates an experience. And then you don't have your own back through that. And then it keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And instead, I see it as every every moment is a new opportunity for me to practice my own back. I may not have had my own back a minute ago, but right now is new. Yeah. Yeah. And And don't let the fact that you didn't have your back, your, your own back the moment before prevent you from now having your back in this moment. It's a brand new opportunity 
Yes. And that's so crucial, especially if anyone's listening who has beat themselves up as for myself, transitioning from a beating myself up to then having my own back. There's a lot of times when I almost want to use all these self-care practices as new ammo to beat myself up for. Right. Like, oh, here you go. Didn't having your own back again. Oh, there comes the self-doubt, you yep. know, and yes. instead it's like, no, this is the, a new moment. And now I have a new opportunity to practice this skill and get stronger with it. And then one more thing that I wanted to add. Um, so going back to the part of this question about seasons, mm. something that I like to remind people of, um, you know, mostly those people are, are the think happy community, but anyone is don't let a season be more than what it is, which is just Mm. a season season start and seasons end. Um, and don't let it be more than that. Don't let it be more than that. Just let it be the season and just know that it will end. Um, and it might feel uncomfortable, but you know, it just goes back to Sometimes it's life and sometimes it's just, you're a human um, and it's inevitable. Um, But if you see it as, okay, this season will come to an end, um, it might be easier to, to swallow that pill of discomfort, if you will. Yes, I love that. And just to piggyback on that even is that what if that downtime is actually bringing you gifts and things are happening for you in ways that you can't see right now because you're Mm -hmm. just lost in the darkness. But when you Mm -hmm. come out of it, you'll look back and say, oh my gosh, all of that difficulty brought me all of this abundance now. Yeah. Oh, it almost kind of, this is such a silly analogy, but I'm all about analogies. It kind of makes me think of like going through a sad or heartbreaking breakup that, you know, maybe was not the best person for you, the person suited for you, but you had to go through that sadness and growth and learning about yourself in order to bring you to whoever your partner in life is. Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing analogy. Yeah. 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 Because I, you need to gather those lessons and Mm -hmm. see the contrast of what you don't want as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and something that you had mentioned, just let every, let every success, let every failure also be something that you're learning from. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And if you're always learning from it, then that could be your glass half full. Um, for sure. Yeah. And we are always learning from it, whether we acknowledge it or not. And if you acknowledge it, you'll get so many more lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So this next question from a listener is, this one is, I can like picture the voice this is being said in. Why mm. does self-doubt go away even when I work to prevent it? Mm. I love this question. And I feel this question. So I'm going to just speak to this listener right now that I, I see you and I feel you that this, this spiral kind of to come back full circle of wanting this to go away and I'm doing everything I can to make it stop and it doesn't. And so this, this comes back to compassion Mm -hmm. and comes back to allowing ourselves to feel and compassion. And I find a lot of the time we, I mean, our brains are wired to avoid pain and seek out pleasure. So it's natural that we don't want to feel uncomfortable things and we're going to reach towards comfortable things. But in actuality, our, we are human beings and we, ha- we are emotional beings. We have a full spectrum of emotions that are available to us. And when we try and push one away, we end up pushing them all away. And I find that the greatest blocker to happiness, to joy, to all of that is trying to also block out the other things. So the best way to stop self-doubt is to allow self-doubt, which sounds counterintuitive. That just gave me chills. Mm. (laughs) That is so (laughs) powerful, Rebecca. Yeah. It's allow it and then hold your hand through it. Imagine that, 
I mean, sometimes it to get through to the the discomfort of it is to I like to imagine my inner child like if I if I were looking at my younger self like a picture of me when I was 7 or something like that would I beat her up like no I couldn't Absolutely I couldn't look at not yeah no and if I picture her in self self doubt would I want to run up to her and berate her for feeling self doubt again no instead I'd want to just hold her hand through it and tell her that you know how amazing she is and support her and have her own back but also sometimes like she needs to just get that off her chest mm-hmm. and say this is what i'm really feeling right now mm-hmm. and then only in that moment when she allows herself to be in self doubt can it truly go away wow that's such a good visual also mm-hmm. yeah um, and also i mean as a piggyback to that it's mm-hmm. this is is that well i guess shift your perspective to seeing that our goal isn't to end self-doubt from here on out to never experience it again. Instead, our goal is to develop a, a habit of practicing having our own back throughout our entire lives so that it doesn't matter if self-doubt comes in, if, if judgment comes in, if any other obstacles come in. No, we have the skills to have our own back now. And then what if you see self-doubt as just another opportunity to practice being kind and compassionate to yourself, to having your own back. Oh, I have such a big smile on my face right now. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> um, okay. So final question that I ask all of the guests on our show is, do you have a life or happiness hack that you find helpful and that the listeners might want to adopt in their own lives? Mm, yeah. I mean, I have so many, but I'll choose one that's kind of fitting or that is applicable to this subject a bit. Okay. Yeah. Is that I love to recognize that there is always hap- there's always there's always both negative and positive, right? In this mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. There's always happiness and struggle. There's always comfort and discomfort, pain and pleasure. It's always here in this moment. It's always here when we reach our next goal. It's always, it's always here. There's always both. And when you recognize this, because oftentimes when we're setting goals, we might think that, you know, once we have this goal, then we'll be able to be happy. Mm-hmm. But when I remember that it's always happiness is always available to me now and in my future then all I have to do is look for it. Yep. So I have a quick example that I I mentioned I love to hike and I went on a backpacking trip in the summer and it was a huge steep mountain. We had gone around 20 miles at this point in the day. I had a big pack on my back. I literally had to take one step and then pause and then one step and then pause because I was in such agony. And I remembered, I was like, this is horrible. My brain was telling me, what did you get yourself into? This is awful, yes. you know, all the things. And then I remembered this, wait, there's always both. There's so much pain right now and suffering, but there's also so much beauty. I just need to find it. So then I like lifted my head up and I looked up <gasps> and there was a hawk sitting on a branch, beautiful, beautiful <gasps> hawk. And like the sunlight was coming through the trees. It was the most magical, beautiful moment. And so it's always there, even if it's something as small as like the softness of your blanket or, you know, a beautiful picture that you have in your home. It's always there. You just have to look for it. That is such a good one. That is so good. And I love that story. (laughs) I love that story. (laughs) I've loved this whole conversation. I have too. Yes. This has been so insightful and I have no doubt that it's going to resonate with the Think Happy community. And just thank you so much for being here, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed this too. Yeah. So I'm sure that the listeners are wondering where they can connect with you. Yes, for sure. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rebecca Doring Meditation, and you can also I also have a little uh, a little gift for your Ooh. listeners. Yeah, just uh, it's a guided meditation that I use to bring myself into a creative flow, 
but it's also one that can really help you when you're feeling self-doubt to just kind of reconnect to yourself. So it's totally free. Just go to www.deeprootedbliss.com forward slash meditate. Forward slash meditate. Got it. Meditate. And there you can download it. Oh, well, thank you so much for that. I'm going to go check it out. Yes, for sure. And then of course you can always find me on my podcast as well. The deep rooted bliss podcast. Yes. Thank you. You guys should go listen. I know that I have been enjoying it. So, um, thank you. I've been enjoying this podcast. (laughs) Oh, good podcast buddies. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right, you guys. So before I wrap up, here is your reminder to rate review and subscribe to the think happy podcast. If you haven't already, um, and also to the deep rooted bliss podcast too, while you're at it and just don't let this be a, oh, I'm sure everyone else is rating and reviewing. So I won't type of thing because your rating and review really truly makes a difference. And it would mean just the world to me. And then of course, bonus points. If you go and join in on all the fun that the Patreon members are having, the link to join Patreon is patreon.com backslash think happy and just thank you in advance you guys I so appreciate it and I will be back next week with episode 30 adios from the bottom of my heart thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the think happy podcast if you just can't get enough find me on instagram at think happy underscore co that's co and online at thinkhappyco.com. See you next week.